All right, welcome back, Crusaders, to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 23. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be uh, talking about in games. Uh, we finished the story of Diablo 4, so we'll be talking about that and our thoughts on Diablo. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of uh, Destiny uh, just released, and we saw that, so we'll be talking about that. And then finally, we'll be going over episode two of Secret Invasion called Promises. Yes. I'll walk through that episode, what we thought, and what's all going on in the story and whatnot, okay? All right. All right, so, start off, uh, Diablo 4. So, we beat the main story, uh, defeated Lilith, uh, saved Sanctuary, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Well... Um, cause we discussed this right after we finished, uh, earlier this week. Um, it just like her mission just seemed a little pointless. Um, it, I don't know. It didn't feel like as high stakes as the previous games did. And like her final fight didn't feel that dramatic that's satisfying. Um, also, we didn't get to fight any of the primevals, which would have, I think, helped a lot. They're probably saving that for the uh, story missions that they'll release because they have, I believe, a 10-year plan for Diablo 4, or so they say. Well, they have seasons which are every quarter, like, so there's going to be four seasons yeah. a year. But those are going to be weird because it's only going to be, like, game adjustments and fixes, not necessarily bug fixes, but they're going to adjust the gameplay model yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like uh, in Diablo 3, they had seasons. But the thing quarterly. is, with the seasons, every new season, you have to create a new character from scratch and play from scratch mm. with that character with those new season rules. And then once that season's ended, that character gets transported into what they call the Eternal Realm, which is the realm like your main characters are in. Yeah. So, like, so then they'll be part of the regular world that you can play with those characters. But the season rules will be... Um, only for that one season. Mm-hmm. There is story content that, that they say they do have planned to come out, but with where the story is going, I don't see... It's not going to tie back to Lilith by any means. It's no, just going to be... Spoiler, uh, gone and... It's just going to be another an, another like extension of the Eternal War and fighting primevals over and over again type of thing, probably. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Um... Like, for people who, like, are fans of Diablo, they probably love it. They love the grinding of the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, the story-wise, yeah, when we got to the end, like, Lilith's plan never got to take off. We never really got to figure out what it was. Uh, because the original, how it's set up is that Heaven and Hell are fighting. Uh, an angel and a demon get together, which is Lilith and Angry or whatever the hell the guy's name is. And we see him twice in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a kid... They like make sanctuary to be a refuge away from the eternal uh, struggle. Humans who are created on, uh, in sanctuary are more powerful than angels or angels or demons. So to uh, stifle their power so they don't join the conflict or something, he uh, ban- the angel guy banishes Lilith and then ends up killing their son. Yep. In his attempt to try and get back into heaven, because all he cares about is trying to get back into heaven. And doing so, like, weaken the human population so that they couldn't overpower anybody. So then Lilith gets summoned back. Her plan is to go to hell uh, to, like, devour her father so she can become a primeval, I guess. Yep. But her mission is never to join hell's ranks. 
and like help overturn the battle with heaven. It's she like doesn't like either side. Yeah, it's just to preserve sanctuary. It was her goal, is what she kept saying. Yeah, and bring humans to their greatest potential, which we never see her actually do that, other than making them violent against each other. Yeah. And even when she pleads to your character at the end, like, hey, no, you can choose to follow me and I'll make you the best you can be and we can save Sanctuary and and get rid of Heaven and Hell. Or you can choose to destroy me. You don't get the choice. The character just says, no, fuck you. Yeah. Um, but you don't really see anything happen because she never gets to devour her father. So it's not like she gets a power up. You just fight her in two basic forms and then that's it. And there's a prime evil who is trapped in a world stone, which... We know from Diablo three, that doesn't last forever. Yeah, <laughs> he'll eventually he'll out. eventually get out, or someone will let him out. Um, and considering like there's other evils, even lesser evils that you've defeated, that still exist, you don't actually defeat them. It's like you're not really defeating anybody. You're just kind of stalling for time. Yeah, that's all this game uh, story wise felt like is you're stalling for time. <clears throat> I did enjoy playing it, and I'll probably play through again with different character builds. Um, but as far as the main story, it's not the greatest that they did. Yeah, and the fact that, like, getting more into the nitty-gritty, like, the story is kind of just meh. I'd like to see a story go to where, like, they actually change, have an effect on the eternal conflict. It would have been cool to see your character, like, get Lilith to one point, or Lilith starts uh, devouring prime evils or you or she's that's her plan and you're stopping her but then she's devouring lesser evils to get more powerful yep and then you end up fighting angels and demons both and trying to end the internal conflict as you try and uh, track her down as well um that would be more interesting uh, as far as story-wise but they didn't go there and what they're gonna do for seasons i feel like it's just gonna be gameplay type stuff mm -hmm. story expansion will just have to see what they do because like, i don't know where they'll go with it since like the character that's going to be following is basically left Sanctuary or gone off to some other part of the world that we don't know about yet. Yeah, she sailed away with yeah. the... <clears throat> with the prime crystal. evil. Um, so, we don't really know where the story's going to go as far as that or what, what they have planned. Um, I'm sure they don't have a planned conclusion to anything because that way they can keep making games. Well, yeah. Um, but, like, when it comes down to the mechanics of it, <clears throat> the people who like this, like this game, like I said, they like to grind. They like... Because when she gets like level forty eight, there is a huge stop in level progression, and then you're just grinding. Yep, you have um, to constantly uh, create potions and take potions, or basically up get... the difficulty level yeah. constantly to just so you can keep getting more and more experience. Uh, and honestly, like the fun of the game is taking a class and trying to figure out how you want to play with them and what your best strategy is for play for that you like. But you figure that out by level 20, lets you like basically unlock all your basic moves, including your ultimate. Yeah. And then basically you spend the next 80 levels spamming the same routine of attacks that you figure out how to master, and you're just doing that over and over and over again. So the game honestly gets really, really repetitive. Um, and the weird thing is, is that like these are all negative. I, I see them as negatives about the game, like the repetitive gameplay that gets boring. The fact that, like, they talk about high-detailed environments, high-detailed characters, which they are, but you're stuck staring at the fucking floor the entire game because they have the top-down view. And but that not... floor looks good, man. I don't know <laughs> yeah. about you, but that but floor looks damn good. They have put, like, viewpoints where you <laughs> go to viewpoint, you hit a button, and then it will level out the map so you can actually see the vista and the distance thing or the giant cathedral standing in front of you. But it's like, we live in an era where 
open world games, people want to brag about, hey, you see that thing? You can go there and actually explore that thing in the distance. There is no distance in this game. It's just follow the map as best you can, and then you get your point, and oh, look, here's this towering cathedral I didn't even know that we're heading towards because I can't see it in the distance. Yeah. Um, that, that is what really bugs me about it, uh, and the fact that uh, it gets repetitive. But for fans of the franchise, that's exactly what they like about the game. They like the repetitiveness of it. They like the grinding of the levels. They like tr- constantly getting new loot to switch out. I would say between Diablo 3 and Diablo 4, Diablo 3 had much better loot because like, by the time we got halfway through the game, you, you had cool. really cool <laughs> cool armor and stuff that you made your character look like a badass. As a sorcerer, I didn't find anything that looked good on my character throughout the entire story from level 1 to 50-something that we got to. Yeah, and I think the only way to look cool or visually good is you have to buy it, essentially, from and the shop, and which s- is dumb. <laughs> there, and the stuff in the shop, there's stuff, there's versions of it in the game that, like, maybe the shop has a gold version of armor and the game has, like, more of a copper version or... A steel version or silver version of it, mm-hmm. which can look cool, but I've not found any of those pieces. At least not in World Tier One. Um, it feels like you have to just keep upping the difficulty to find the better stuff. Yeah, the better looking gear, <clears throat> and that may make you change up your strategy. But again, once you find the strategy that's working, you're going to stick to that. This game doesn't offer any type of dynamic battle that's going to make you like, oh wait, I can't use that combination of powers because this thing's immune to fire. This thing's immune to that. Yeah, they really didn't change up much of the uh, gameplay for bosses, which kind of yeah. was annoying because you could just do your same, like, spamming. And they have just zone attacks that you just have to avoid. Yeah, and it's, at <laughs> least with the first kind of major boss at the end of the first arc, uh, you had to go behind, like, that protective shield. Yeah. So you kind of learn, like, all right, so I have to, like, do this and then run and hide and at least it broke it up. Yeah, that was a dynamic exciting. boss fight. The rest were just, hey, this it's boss has very attacks. Flat. And they're very and they're very paralyzed about what they do. Okay, he's gonna do his ads now, or he's gonna add a bunch of little characters to fight that might be able to get health things out of. It's very mu- it's very repetitive after that point. And like act three, four, and five are super long. Yeah, yes. especially act three, but like they're right on top of each other that we were at end of act five. I'm like, oh we're already done with this still act three. Yeah. Like it, There's no... it like zipped through four and five like really quick mm-hmm. um to our surprise. Where three was dragging out, but three also felt like it was just filler of us like running around doing doing bullshit. Doing fetch quests to appease other people to like get them to do what the what they said they were gonna do while we were playing the first part of the game. Because, like they I only go to the steps to find out who this person is and get all this information you get there's like I yeah, haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I'm drunk I'm, in a fucking pig pen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, asshole. I, like, I've already spent a good 20 hour, hours if you've done side quests. <clears throat> yeah. Like, get your shit together. So there's plenty of stuff for us to still do in the game because we got to a point where we stopped doing side quests just to push through the story. Because uh, mm-hmm. side quests, some of them are interesting, some of them just aren't. It's just kind of like, all right, the excuse to go to these these uh, dungeons and whatnot. And then... Because the way they have it set up, set up where you can go to a, hover over a dungeon on a map and be like, okay, this has, if you beat this dungeon, our reward is this for a Necromancer character or this for a Druid character or whatever. Yeah. You can literally go through and like, all right, there's nothing around us that's for the characters we're playing as. No point to do those dungeons. Let's just push on. Yeah. And then you can come back later. Yeah, we'll do it later because then they'll be, they're not more dynamic because they're procedurally generated, but you'll have 
your full playthrough, full powered up character, you know how you want to play with them as as you go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they offer like just background lore, which is always interesting, but it's never like as compelling as where's the story going, where's the story going. So that's why we end up pushing through it. <clears throat> but again, the things that I don't like about this game, the repetitiveness, the camera view, and all that stuff, has been the same since the get go of this franchise. And pe- yet you keep playing And it. people like, well, I've never played Diablo 1 or 2. I've only ever really played 3, mm-hmm. which we really liked playing because the couch co-op is done perfectly for this game. Yes. Um, even with uh, it being a top-down view, characters can get pretty far away from each other, and even if somebody gets up and leaves there and you start going off map, the map, their character will follow you so you're not stuck on screen. Um, so you can easily... It's e- the drop drop in drop out game uh, co op gameplay is what's really attractive about it. And like it's just like I said, those that because your character doesn't max out uh, at the end of the story or towards the end of the level cap, you've already figured out what your max play max min max is going to be on your character, what your play style is, what combination of attacks you're going to use to get combo yeah. get combos and extra damage. Like by level twenty. You're spending the rest of the game just spamming those attacks over and over again because there's nothing, even with the Paragon system that they add at level 50 where you start powering up instead of your abilities and like adding new abilities or anything or stat bonuses to those abilities, you start adding stat bonuses to your core stuff like more more willpower, more intelligence, but it doesn't mm-hmm. like add a new cool power to use or new attack to use or anything like that. Yeah. It's just making your stuff more, do more and more damage. It's more as functional. That's what it yeah. is. So, I mean, that gives people something to continue to build towards when trying to get to level 100. But again, it's still just repetitive gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, the people who are fans of this game love that stuff and that's why they uh, have it. And that's why it hasn't changed. And I don't think we'll ever get like what I want, which would be like a third person uh, behind the character action adventure game, seeing the open world vistas and seeing the true like grotesqueness of like the hellscapes that they're there, sanctuary, the dungeons, and all that stuff. We yeah, you'll never get that. From we're just Diablo. gonna get the top down. Here's your map schematic. Follow the map till till you've explored everything. Yeah, and found the exit. Um, so, like I said, if you're a fan, you're gonna love it. If you're not, you'll still have fun with it because, like I said, the fun in these games is finding. The new class, playing with a new class and figuring out what your best play style is with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as also, they go, they're going to add... is fun to get. Yeah, getting loot and like combining what your best armor and pieces and what those things are going to do. There's strategy that and there's fun in that part of the gameplay. And as we go on, not only are they going to add seasons and story content and whatnot, but they're going to add more characters. Like, yeah. we have... what I think five right now. We have the warrior, the rogue, the mage, no the druid... It's barbarian. It's barbarian. Barbarian, dr- druid, druid uh, rogue. rogue, mage, and necromancer. Yes. There is still like a demon hunter, which was in the uh, last which game, which is kind of the rogue is kind of like. But the demon hunter had other abilities that would be would, can be. That was a class. lot of fun in three. There's the monk. There's yeah. the crusader. There's a witch doctor. There's other types of classes that they've had in other games that they can bring into this one, plus they can make up new ones. And that'll be the fun, is going through those classes and seeing how those powers work and how they play with other characters and that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it's a good game. It came out without any major bugs or flaws or anything like that. Um, so it is a game that you buy it. You're not going to be like dealing with game-breaking issues or graphical issues or, hey, this isn't running or loading unless like you're on a PC and your PC can't run or something. Uh, but console gamers, you should be fine picking up and be able to play it direct yep. immediately. It's a great plug and play. 
Great couch co-op. Fun couch co-op. So definitely a uh, game I do recommend picking up. It's just one of those things. Like It's going to be always top-down. Uh, there is detailed there is stuff. There is a grind. And there is grinding to it. But it's not as bad as like World of Warcraft grinding where like you oh, can't... God. You will no longer, you'll never find, I've never, we didn't find a spot where we were like, we can't continue on because we're not powerful enough. No. Uh, it's just, to continue leveling up, you're going to have to grind for it. You have to start playing every little, yeah. bit, little bit of content. And to be fair, you can uh, complete the main story mission, uh, I think the max, or the lowest level, you can complete it without any difficulties, it's about 43 or 45, yeah. so you should be fine even if you don't actively try to max up to level 50 before getting into everything else and one of the nice things is with this campaign is once you beat it once all your characters that you have whether you created them already and they're playing through the campaign or not can now skip the campaign any new characters that you make will um automatically like get the ability to gather a horse immediately instead of having Which to wait till nice. act four to get one um, so you'll be able to just like jump in with a new character and then just play dungeons and play around in the world and just like, go, go get into fights, which is what the main gameplay loop is. Yeah. And just loot stuff without having to go through story beats to find bosses and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it does have a lot of good replay- replayability to it. So we definitely recommend it. Pick it up. Um, and you'll definitely enjoy it for one, for one bit or another. And then, you know, we'll all jump on a Starfield or Cyberpunk when that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is we saw Indiana Jones Yay. and the Dial of Destiny, yeah. um, which we watched all four of the other uh, Indiana Jones movies prior to seeing this one, and we noticed what the big problem was with Crystal Skull, is like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade, and even this one, you're seeing a serial kill a serial character, like old school radio serial, like a radio show, Come to life in li- in real world live action, where Crystal Skull was like somebody taking a serial, and the way it's filmed and lit and everything makes it feel like a radio show, stage show with very stylized looking looks of stuff. Yeah. So like even watching, it, I was like, I could close my eyes and I could like hear this be a radio show in Crystal Skull. Where the other ones, everything's more natural because everything's flowing like these are real people and real characters. It's like a uh, Zorro. So originally Zorro was. A serial ser- uh, series, and then uh, with the Disney TV show? TV show, it was the same. But when they had uh, made the movie back in what was it nineteen ninety six seven? Yes, yeah, with Antonio <clears throat> Banderas, <throat> it was like Indiana Jones, where it, it was, was a movie, reality, but he yeah. had the you know serial guy, but. It- yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, let's just on Crystal Skull when you watch it. Regardless if you think the alien thing is is weird or not, just looking at how it's filmed and the CG that they use in it is such a step apart from how the other movies were made that it looks and feels different. Dial of Destiny feels like it fits in with the other movie, with the first yes. three movies just fine. Um, you're still following along with their adventure. There is mentions of events in uh, Crystal Skull. Um, but they're mentioned very quickly, like Shia LaBeouf, like they had mentioned they were going to kill his character off, off screen, which they just kill in a quick conversation, which is literally like, my son joined the military to get back, to piss me off, and then he died. Yep, and that's that. <laughs> and it, it broke up their marriage. That's that's the big point of what happened there, but it's brushed, brushed over so quickly because 
it's something that Indiana Jones doesn't want to talk about at the moment. Yeah. Um, and do, they don't really rectify any of that stuff until the very end of the movie to begin with. The whole adventure that we're going on, though, he's very focused on the adventure at hand, uh, which is which, which is what we the other be, yeah. original films were about. Yeah, uh, or whatever his purpose is, because like in three, his big purpose was I don't care about the Grail, I want to see my dad. Yep. And but his, his dad's dad like, focused nope, nope, on nope. no, we're going to get the Grail, <laughs> so he basically follows his dad for all that stuff. Yep, which is kind of the same with this film. Yeah. Well, in this film, like, his motivation is uh, he, the Nazis want, uh, a Nazi wants the Dial of Destiny. Well, Not understanding necessarily what it does, he wants to stop, this guy's a Nazi, he can't have it. Mm-hmm. Whereas his goddaughter, who... Helena. Helena, which was played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she, she did a good job. Thing is, her character's not very likable, I think, throughout all of it, because... She has no care for any of the uh, any of the historical significance of any of the stuff that they're talking about or the pieces mm-hmm. that they uh, discuss or go after in this movie. She's all about, can I sell it to somebody? Um, and she thinks, she has this misguided thinking that it's the same thing that Indiana Jones did, does or her father did when they were gathering archaeological pieces, right? And it's like, well, yeah, Indy sold it to a museum, but like he understands the historical significance, sells it to his museum friend, Marcus, who yep. would put it in his museum for all to learn knowledge from it. She's selling it to some private collector gangster people who, who will never, th- they'll the never, artifact will never see the light of day yeah, again. Yeah, so, and they don't even appreciate what it is. They just say, like, hey, look, it's rare. I have it. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like her mentality all the way through to the very end. It's like the EMP, you know? It's like, ah, huh, I have all my expensive shit, but it's all in storage there. Yeah, so it's like, and not until the very, very end, like, she realizes things, some things are worth more than just money. Yeah, which is fine, like, to realize that at the end, but, like, her character needed to be fleshed out a bit more. Yeah, and, like, throughout the whole movie, you're like, man, he should just ditch her and go on his own way, because she's completely only in it for the money. (laughs) Yeah. And is going to somehow try and fuck him over by the end of this, right? Um, But I guess it keeps you guessing what's going to happen next a little bit. Yeah. Kind of other disappointing thing is like, yeah, and Tony Banderas is in this as one of Indy's old friends. Very quick, very brief. He's in and he's out. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, is that this would have been a great callback to other side characters in other movies where, yeah. the yes, Indiana's old and he has a lot of friends and knows a lot of contacts. So these are people we haven't met before, but to him, they're old friends. If like Antonio Banderas' character was actually, hey, no, it's Jacques, the guy who flew him in Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. is now a diver in Greece. Cool. And then what happens to him hits more because, like, oh, I remember, we know who that character's supposed to be, not just, exactly. oh, this is one of his old friends. Or if it was, like, Short Round or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a Short Round came back as, oh, yeah, I, know, can I help you out with this. And, like, even if it was just a conversation, yeah, that would be like, nice. Oh, Dr. Jones. And it's like, oh, it's Short Round. And he would get so excited. But, yeah. So, anyway. like, there's a lot of criticism on this movie being... Um, the th- especially the third act. Especially the third act, but a lot of criticism on it just being nostalgia and, like, a checklist of, all right, here's Indiana Jones, here's Nazis, here's a religious artifact, uh, MacGuffin, here's uh, Saul from the first movie, so you got some nostalgia there, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't actually go on the venture with them. Um and then, like, hey, here's a f- here's a female character who's somewhat of a damsel in distress, but some not is sometimes isn't. Uh, oh yeah, she has a, a kid sidekick, so there's your kid your kid sidekick part to it. Like, there's those check 
boxes are checked off, but it's actually done really well. Um, to where like it does fit. Yeah, because like the kid's her sidekick, not Indiana Jones, so it's not like he has to worry about taking care of him all the time. It's like that kid; she feels responsible for that kid. Yeah, and uh, it's her sidekick. You get that very apparent. Um, and then I do find interesting here is that like a lot of people have said, like you mentioned, like I think Kevin Smith said he wanted them to go after like the spear of destiny. destiny. Um, spoiler alert: the very beginning, the first. The very beginning of the movie's MacGuffin item is the Spear of Destiny. They just call it the Spear of Le- of Lioness or whatever, probably the soldier who held it. But yeah. it's the spear that stabbed Jesus Christ. And of course, Nazis are trying to get it to get it to Hitler because Hitler only cares about Christian artifacts that might have power or whatnot because he's, he's Christian. He's a Christian fanatic. Um, but the real item in this is the Dial of Destiny, which is the Archimedes Dial, which. I wish they went more into explaining what this was and why Archimedes built it versus just a quick ex- explanation. That of was what so brief. It was really so brief. and then Like blink and a miss. Yeah, and then it just went into, like, here's the scientific reasons and here's the mystical part about it. Yeah. That was never really proven. And then that's the adventure that goes that happens. Um, I agree with a lot of people that say better than Crystal Skull, but yes. not better than the first three movies. But this one definitely fits with that trilogy. Yep. It is a good end to, if you want to cap off Indiana Jones. Yeah, and I'd say it's definitely... Uh, and you could even skip Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, you could. All you gotta know is Crystal Skull is that he, that he found out him and Mary had a son and him and Mary get married at the end of that movie. And that's all you need to know. And then, like, that whole adventure is... They rarely ever, they rarely even mentioned what happened in that adventure, other than Indiana Jones having to do what he, what we've always known he was going to have to say sooner or later, but we've always, always accepted, which was, even though he's a skeptic, he's seen shit that he can't explain. Yeah. And understands that there's the power of belief and whatnot, regardless of the fact that he's always a skeptic and wants science to prove stuff for him. Yeah. Um, but... Great movie, really fun. Interesting that it went two and a half hours where all the other movies lasted about two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't feel like it went on for an extra half hour. No. Things it, kept going fairly quickly through Yeah, it, it had great pacing. Um, you know, actors did a great job. It was nice to see Saul again. And some call... And, like, the callbacks, I felt, you know, weren't forced in there. It was a very natural feel. Um, the only big critique I have is that they throw in a flashback and it does not fit with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Cause there's no flashbacks. Any flashbacks. It just should have either been an explanation or after, um, the first kind of prologue act had that flashback bit in there and then continued with the, Quote their present day, and that would have worked fine, especially fine being after being after the very first like uh, introductory adventure that they always do. Where the thing with this introductory adventure, yeah, usually they have nothing to do with the main story. Uh, where like Raiders of the Ark, Golden Isle had nothing to do with the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. The Hitachi remains in uh, Shanghai had nothing to do with the Kali story that happened. And um, the cross cross. of Cortez had nothing to do with the Holy Grail. This ties a little bit into it because what they're going after was the Spear of Destiny. But along with it, they had a bunch of other artifacts, which one included the... A piece of the the dial, dial, 
which they pick up at that point. So this flashback of Indy and his friend having kind of a, not really a falling out, but Indy taking... A little fight. Having a fight, but Indy taking the dial from him and, and promising to destroy it would have fit perfectly with, cool, war's over, stop the Nazis, we got, the, we got a piece of the dial uh, so we didn't lose it all. Um, the British have stopped the tr- have like stopped the train and, and they're there and they're gonna go home. Cool. Cut to we're home. My friend's going crazy over this artifact. I gotta take it from him so he'll be so he'll stop being crazy. I'll promise him I'll destroy it. He leaves and then go to 1969 New York, which yep. and then you would have to have this weird flashback scene that they have while they're flying to uh, uh, Morocco. Was it Morocco? I thought it was, it was- Tangiers. I thought they went to Morocco. They went to Tangier, Tangiers they... first. Yeah, they went to Tangiers first. Because Saul it... was, was talking about Morocco. Uh, maybe Tangiers is the city that they're in or whatnot. Because it was like Tangiers that was where the hotel was that she was trying to sell the piece off to. Mm. Um, but that would have been a better uh, pacing or flow with it rather than have a flashback. Which, which... is definitely new for Indiana Jones like storytelling. Does, yeah, because it doesn't fit with Indiana Jones' storytelling. At all. Because basically what they did, they took the scene where you have the classic map scene in Indiana Jones, and said just that, they gave us that, plus, hey, look, they're having flashbacks, and they're both remembering the situation. And it starts with Indiana Jones remembering it, to the end of the flashback of of her remembering this. Remembering yeah, Helena. Helena remembering that. That's, uh, His goddaughter. That. Yeah. Um, if you just edit, change the edit of that, I think it would have flowed a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else was a lot of fun throughout the entire movie. Was felt like a good Indiana Jones uh, adventure. Last hurrah adventure. Yeah, definitely last hurrah because, like... He is old. He's, 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 he's accepted that. He's going to retire from teaching at school. Yep. And he was done. Um, and adventuring's not the thing he wants to do anymore. Yeah, it's like, just, just go on, like, a nice vacation where you don't yeah. have to fight Nazis anymore. Um. And yeah, it does get a little fantasyful in the end, but that's says all Indiana Jones movies do. That's what happens at at the end of every Indiana Jones. There's a bit of that fantasy. And honestly, the fact that they don't explain a lot of why it did what why what happened happened is for the better because we're at a point where like science is getting so advanced, we're, hard, we're having a hard time coming up with stuff that science can't explain. Mm-hmm. And if you try to explain every little thing. You're going to get something wrong unless you're right down on the science. And then it's, the thing you get wrong is going to be a blaring error constantly. Yeah. The fact that they don't bother to explain stuff leaves up to, like, we don't understand how this thing works. It just did this thing. Yep. So that's fine. It's just, just what it does. We don't know why the Ark of the Covenant. We kind of have an idea why it did what it did. But we're not going to explain it or research or go any further into it. We're not going to explain why... The guy pulled the heart out of the chest and the guy didn't die. Yeah, didn't immediately go, oh! Uh, yeah. And, like, why that didn't, why that, how exactly that happened, we're just going to chalk it up to voodoo magic. Yeah. We're not going to explain exactly how the... Cup uh, of Christ. Cup of Christ, like, made a bullet not stay inside Henry Jones's body when he poured water yeah. over him. It just You just them. go with it. So that's kind of how you go with the end of these movies. It's, it's always just you go with the mystical, fanatical bit just as that's just an unexplained event um, that usually takes some belief. This not being a religious artifact kind of takes that part out of it, but it's just yeah. like, just just roll with it. <laughs> Again, like I wish they would explain more of the realistic history of why it was built and what its purpose was, mm-hmm. because what it does is not what was it, what the purpose of it was to do. It was just like, this is something else that they actually ended up doing by coincidence. Yeah. 
Um, but it's a fun adventure movie, and I would definitely recommend. Yeah, it's it's go a good little it. matinee movie, I would say. Yeah, and I'd say like the young they made the de aging for Harrison Ford is really really good, and they used his current voice, which is a little jarring. Because uh, it's an old man voice. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a very old man voice in a young Harrison Ford. Uh, the only other thing I noticed, like in doing it, and it was dark in a lot of those scenes, his Which hair helped. somewhat comes off as black and not as brown. Yeah. So it looked weird. Like, why does Indiana Jones have black hair? But you just kind of roll with it because, yeah. oh, it's happening at night. It and is. they can hide a lot of that uh, details that would make it super obvious. Like, oh, this is. But it looks really well. It looks yeah. like that's an actor. It, 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 whether they're using deep fake technology or whatever they're doing. It looks really, really good. Like, oh, that's Sam. That is definitely Harrison Ford, and that's a young Harrison Ford. It's not what he looks like now. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's Harrison Ford back in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, but it doesn't look as bad like how they did in Tron, where it's like, oh my god, it's really smooth face and really weird looking. That did not the CG versus practical in here, and there's probably some stuff that was full CG, like the bug scene where that was very quick and short, but like it looked real, so it looked very practical. It worked. Real good. So they basically used the CG to enhance whatever practical effects that they had, whereas which is Crystal Skull just relied on CG for effects, which looked really bad. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. this is definitely very good. Go but see it. Definitely go see it. Only good little matinee. Other... You don't need to spend like extra money for an, um, you know, forty X or, or yeah, yeah. no, you don't need to do that. It's just a good basic Indiana Jones movie. Just definitely go see it. Yeah. All right, and then moving on, the last thing to talk about is Secret Invasion. Episode 2 came out this week. Yes, called Promises. <clears throat> yeah, we watched that, and we kind of saw... I uh, got some more information. Uh, we yep. got to see... Basically, the first sequence of of this episode should have been in the very beginning of the first episode. To because help. honestly, unless <laughs> you watched Captain Marvel right before watching Secret Invasion, which you wouldn't really think to do, you... Aren't caught up on character names, on like who's who, on like what exactly you forget is going a on. lot of shit, and you're re- trying to remember it as things are being told to you in the first episode, and then you're all caught up, and then the second episode opens up with like, hey, here's what's going on in the past. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the scroll refugees on Earth were in a spaceship at the end of Captain Marvel, and they left. They actually left with uh, with Captain Marvel to go find another planet. Mm-hmm. Comes to, after two, two years. years of searching, they couldn't find one. They come back to Earth, and that's when uh, uh, when Fury. Fury and Carol Danvers, but Fury ha- calls this meeting, and they all and a bunch of people show up, like Talos, his wife, his daughter, and a bunch of other scroll, where he says, "Hey, here's the deal. We're gonna find you another planet, uh, but in the meantime, uh, act as spy, act as my spies and stuff, and work for us to help keep our planet safe." And when we return, we'll find you a planet. Again, it still has the concept of here's a spa- here's a, a race of people who are not spacefaring. They're not going to find you another fucking planet. And you couldn't find a planet yourself after two years. Why are you so pissed that after 30, a, a like, species that still can't leave its own solar system by its own technology still can't find you a fucking planet? Yeah, it's infuriating on that part. Yeah, But basically, but, it also introduces um, how he knows Gravik. Which is Gravik's uh, orphan from the Scroll War that basically joins the ranks from on that day of that promise, and 
uh, that kind of sets the stage of what actually is going on, which is why that should have been the very first episode so people who don't know what's going on would well, have no idea. Well, that part uh, could be just in this second episode, but that first part of where they recap what happened in Captain Marvel really should have been in the first. Yeah. Uh, by having that two-year gap bit, the 1997, uh, I feel that it was fine to be in episode two because okay. it like you still want mystery and like wait how does he know Gavik and all this and then episode two it's like oh okay so the second episode it's getting me more hooked on this show and it really should have i know this is only six episodes so this is probably why they didn't do it but they really should have put out two episodes last week to help hook people in better. Yeah. Uh, the other big revelation here is after they leave the bombing area and they're escaping, uh, Samuel Jackson talks to uh, Ben Mellis' character Talos on the train and says, mm-hmm. like, hey, tell me something I don't know about the Scrolls' uh, wars and about the Scrolls on Earth. Um, what he basically gets out of them, though, is that like after those two years of them searching... He put out the call, or Talos put out the call to the rest of the scrolls in the universe that, hey. That weren't already captured. If you're not captured, if you're a refugee, you're hiding, come to Earth. And what we assumed was like only the 30, 40 that were on that spaceship or whatnot. Yeah, like you only assume maybe like 30, 100, 200 max. It actually ends up being a million scrolls have been on Earth for the past 30 years. Yeah. Um, unbeknownst to. Nick Fury. Shield, Saber, Nick Fury. They only knew of the ones that were on the refugee ship that were there. So hearing that there's a million scroll been living on Earth for the past 30 years under the rule of the Scroll Council. So they all know. So it's not like there's a million people like kind of spread out not knowing what one hand is doing. They all are in communication with each other. Yeah. Through some means. Um, pisses the fuck out of Fury. Which rightfully so. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, and then he basically kicks Talos off off his off the train. Say, hey, you need to get off here. As he goes off to do his own thing, to um, basically also showing us where other people fall in this universe. So we see mm-hmm. that Rhodey, who is a a, a political liaison f- uh, for the U.S. government, is showing up to uh, like a UN meeting of like all these countries bitching about why did you guys what's going on with this bombing in Russia that they found a U.S. spy at. A U.S. spy at, and they also found a, uh, the Captain Scroll was uh, a member of Americans Against Russia type of thing, a terrorist group, a semi-terrorist group, to blame it on an American terrorist group bombing Russia to try and start World War Three. Basically the same plot of, like, Modern Warfare 2. Yes, it is. This <clears throat> is just Modern Warfare 2 set in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, basically. First um, episode was no Russian. <laughs> except, except in this, eventually at the end of this, Nick Fury is going to find a way to prevent World War Three from happening. Of course. Where in Marvel Warfare, that didn't happen. Oh. Um, you gotta rewrite it a little bit. You can't do the exact same homework. Yeah. So then, uh, Don Chill has a meeting with the UNs and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, put lays down the stick of, like, kind of where the U.S. stands. Like, we're the most powerful country in the world uh, until you give us proof, fuck off type of bullshit. Um which also, I thought that that was a cool scene, and that's mainly because what they're also layering on top of this series is the struggle of being African-American 
yes. in the Marvel universe and in the world. And it's brought up a lot with how Samuel Jackson talks about his past uh, when he was a kid and had to ride on the train and the color car and all that. Where he's telling Talos how that that lifestyle was. To where now Don Cheadle and uh, Grody and Fury meet in a restaurant and they have this conversation about how they had to work three times as hard to get the power that they had to take it away from mediocre people. And like the struggle of we don't want to just give it back to a mediocre person who look just because they look like us type of stuff. To where ultimately they fire Nick Fury basically from uh, Saber. Yeah. And that's where Nick Fury gets his basically famous song. Like, when I'm out of the game, I'm still, still in, in the it. game. Um Thing. That was good. And, and then uh, before the very like end scene, um, we get uh, Emily Clark's character, uh, Gaia. She's starting, you can see she's starting to question what's going on with the scroll. And um, oh, yeah. And then uh, Gravik is uh, now the leader of their group. Yeah, with this, of, with this of the scrolls, I should yeah, say. with this bombing in Moscow, they go to the council meeting, and there was the prime minister of the UK, who's also a scroll. There's like a, uh, the UN of, of she's prime minister of the UK, not the UN. Oh, you're talking about her. I thought yeah. you were talking about the prime the minister UK. of the UN of the UK is a scroll, as well as the head of the UN is a scroll. Um, some other dignitaries are scrolling, also like a TV, a US TV personality like Don Hannity, who's played by the guy who plays the Shooter McGavin, mm-hmm. uh, is a scroll as well. Um, they're the head council of the scrolls. He shows up and basically takes control, and they all basically vote him in as being uh, the gen- uh, general in the command. Head general. head general in command. So they see themselves are now at in wartime, and they're going to follow a general's command on how to invade Earth. And that's where we get the one little tidbit of uh, dialogue from the Scroll Council member who did not vote for him, who basically said, like, hey, we lost the last war because we were too eager to go to war. Yep. Hinting at the Scrolls weren't just, like, an innocent group of people being wiped out by the Creed. They they might have started that war and got their asses kicked because there are whole species that can infiltrate and take over Worlds, governments, societies, anything that they want because they can shapeshift. They were probably trying to expand their own power. The Kree were able to overpower them and then started wiping them out as they're too much of a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the part that Nick Fury and human beings don't really know that, hey, the Skrull aren't this innocent group of people who just were being persecuted just for the hell of it. Yeah, they fucked themselves up. They possibly started shit themselves and... Uh, underestimated their their enemies like they're going to do with Nick Fury obviously here. Yeah. Um and but, then uh she they well, go back to their main camp. Yeah, the thing is Evelyn Clark though is also that I don't know if she's playing double agent cuz she cuz when they went to go get uh they took her and the new recruit. Well, before that cuz we have a big piece of information. They're uh, cuz when they go back to camp, she follows one of his uh one of uh, Gravik's goons uh, to a restricted area where she discovers that they're building a they're building a machine, machine. And we don't know what it is, but like the work that the person she looked up on, it has some. It had like listings of like a Groot alien, like yep. Groot, and some other aliens. I don't know if they're trying to build a teleporter or what they're trying to build, or. Uh, or improve themselves or something. Yeah, which the improve themselves thing com- comes from 
the line the guy said it was being interrogated by uh, the MI6 scout uh, Sonia, who played by Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Um, he said that their building machine to somehow improve themselves. But when they went to go pick him up from being captured, uh, she... That was a great scene, she, that torture scene with Olivia. Yeah, she did a really good job in that. I love her. She's just so tardy. <laughs> and then when they went to go pick him up, and they kill, the Gavik and his men are killing people inside, she's supposed to be waiting in the car. She says, I'm going to go check the back, but just goes in the back alley, and she's making a phone call to somebody. We don't know to who. Yeah, because... And she's they, speaking a different no, language. Yeah, there's no subtitles. It's not Russian, so I'm guessing... So maybe she's talking to Talos, and she's been a double agent the whole time? Maybe. We don't know. <clears throat> we don't know exactly what's going on there, but she's talking to somebody else. But she is definitely questioning what's going on now. <laughs> yeah, since and like, she's... possibly they killed her, her mother, and she doesn't know it. Well, she didn't know it. Now she knows. <laughs> Yeah, now, but she's also, there's obviously something else going on there, too. Yeah. So, she wouldn't just be talking to another person secretly like that just because, oh, I think they might kill my mother, but I don't know for sure. We're doing strange stuff. I don't know everything that's going on. She's got to be a double agent for somebody. Yeah. Uh, you just don't know who yet. But, like, they go, they save their guy. Turns out he ratted out some information that they figured out because they knew where the, uh, they couldn't go back to the safe house. And Gavik executes him in front of the group, basically, so that... Well, no, no, no. They He doesn't execute in front of the group. They drive out into the woods on the way back to their main uh, hub. And, and then the small group that's with them, which is just all the people in the one car, they take... Uh, they kill him out in the woods. And yeah, he literally pulls... But it's basically the same thing he's doing in front, because he pulls out his gun, hands it to the guy... They get out of the car with the one kid, walk him a few feet off the road, and then they hear the gunshot go off. It's yeah. like, yeah, he fucked up. He's dead. He's no longer part of the group. That was basically sending the message to that newest kid, like, you don't fuck up or you're dead, basically. Yeah. So, but he didn't do it in front of everyone. You made it sound like it's from the group. It's from the group that that did the extraction. Yeah. So and it was not played off as oh we brought him home and took him to a back room and suddenly the guy disappeared. It was no he's. He fucked up. He's dead. Yeah. And I have no problem with uh, with us killing him and you knowing that I want him dead. Yeah. Um, the last bit of this is Samuel Jackson's been fired. He leaves, goes on his own thing, basically goes home. Uh, Which we, is in England somewhere because <clears throat> he's driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Um, goes home to his wife, apparently, that he has. That we didn't necessarily know that he had a wife, and a, a wife or a life or anything like that. Um question is, like, the wife is a scroll. Yeah. But when he comes in, she's back into her regular... She's in she's a human, human form. form. Yeah. I want to say she's the chick that was with Gra Gavik. Yeah, she there. is. So, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, he knows she's a scroll. But, like, the question well, came up, like, does he know or does he not? Because he didn't greet her like he does the scrolls where he puts yeah, their forehead together. Kissed. He just kissed. And also, it's like, why would she just be in a human form? And if she realized, oh, it's my husband... I can go back to normal mode. I don't know. Maybe it's like whatever dynamic they play off of. Yeah, who knows? We don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure he knows that she's a scroll. It'd be weird that he didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> but basically, he's gone home. We know that he has a wife, maybe even a family. Who knows? Um, but we know that what we leave the episode with is that the U.S. government, S.H.I.E.L.D. or, or Sabre now is not going to be giving him any help or assets. Uh, moving forward, he is by himself. He's a rogue agent now. Um, he is, doesn't know who to trust. Some people are theorizing that Rhodey might be a scroll, um, but we just don't know. I doubt. I, I, I doubt, doubt it. Um, but 
it's very interesting to see where they go from here because now it is Nick Fury is on his own. Uh, it's just him and Talos, basically, who he has to basically kiss and make up with for them to help each other. Which will probably be next episode yep. or the episode after. Um, but I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Yep. I don't think it's as, you know, um, this... I don't know, because, like, Winter Soldier the Falcon was good, but I wouldn't say it was, like, the best. I think WandaVision's been the best TV show. Yeah. I don't think this is as good as WandaVision, but it is still churning the right way. We'll have to see what happens after six episodes. It's really short to have six episodes to tell the story. I agree. Um, But we'll see what happens, because it's obviously not going to be a season two. We already know what the outcome of it is, because with with the Marvel's trailer, he's on Saber space station with his eye patch and bald and clean shaven and everything so he's back to his normal self by the time this event all this stuff ends yeah so as much as that people might think oh that's a spoiler why are they doing that it's like well that's obvious it's gonna happen dude i mean it's like saying here's the spider-man book where he might die well no we know he's alive later on so he's not dead yeah so yeah those are those type of things um i'd say keep watching it we're still interested i think i can see some people saying that they might need a third episode I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think the, these first two episodes should have come out together. Yeah. It would have caught everybody up immediately as far as instead of like hardcore fans who know all the facts and some people are like, Peace oh yeah, that was sorry, that's happened in Captain Marvel. That's who this person is and all that. Um, so definitely check it out. Watch it. Thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. We'll give you another recap of next week's episode next weekend and we'll go from there. Yep. Um, I think Witcher is out, so we need to catch up on that. Yeah, we'll have to watch. start watching. I think that's only six episodes because it's a part one. Yeah. And the next part comes out this month, later this month. Mm-hmm. So we'll start watching that too. So we'll have a, probably next week, I can recap at least the first couple episodes of that, as well as uh, Secret War. Um, you can find us at uh, nerdcrusade.com and YouTube, uh, The Nerd Crusade and the Nerd, the Nerd Crusade on Twitch where we stream uh, pretty much mon- uh, Monday through Friday. We have something going on. Fourth of July, obviously, we're going to be busy then, but uh, we'll have stuff for Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, probably have some stream stuff going up. Yeah. Um, and you can listen to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts at, whether it be on Podbean, our webpage, Apple Podcasts, please like and subscribe. Uh, that helps us out a bit. You're and doing it. give us your thoughts on, our, on all this stuff. Uh, you can go to our webpage at our podcast, and there's comments. So feel free to leave a comment on there. Uh, whether you like it, didn't like it, think yep. uh, we like do, your opinions. Your opinions, yeah. Let us know what you think. So we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.